With the first week of Advent over, I've been thinking a lot about waking up and staying awake. Well, I'm sure a lot of U.S. diplomats and government officials had quite the wake-up call with the recent WikiLeaks. I'm sure you've heard all about it. But for me, it's not much of a surprise that people say dumb things when they're not thinking. The real wake-up call for me, though, comes from Vancouver, where proceedings began last week to determine whether the criminal code's polygamy section is valid. You heard me right. The argument is that criminalizing polygamy violated one's right to religious freedom. Now, for me, it's not really a wake-up call. It makes perfect sense. Once you've redefined marriage to be whatever you want it to be, how can you say that someone cannot have more than one spouse? In fact, it makes sense that the church has never accepted divorce because divorce is the first step in the redefinition of marriage. Once the permanence of marriage goes, the slippery slope begins. Next thing to go was the necessity of marriage to be between a man and a woman. And the last thing to go is the exclusivity of marriage. Who says that marriage is an arrangement between only two people? So, it's not really a wake-up call for me. But it may be for you if you're not paying attention or if you're too busy reading those WikiLeaks because one day you'll wake up to find out that it's legal and okay for anyone to marry anyone else for any reason. I mean it. Who's to say that two brothers can't marry each other? That's the next thing to go. By then, you might as well stay asleep, because it'll be too late. I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and this is Salt and Light Radio. Okay, here we go. Welcome to Salt and Light Radio. I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and sitting here with me is Krista Matrenko. Hi, Pedro. And Chris, now we're almost... Well, we are at the end of the first week of Advent, mm -hmm. and do you have an Advent wreath yet? No, I still <laughs> don't have an Advent wreath, Pedro. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to ask you every you week. Su you surprised me with that. I oh did. No. I Okay, so what are let's distract you with something else. What are our, our news headlines for today? Well, we're going to be talking about um, the Vatican giving its blessing to genetically modified crops. Oh, interesting. Or did it? It's a little unclear. And also, we're going to be updating you on the situation with the church bombing in Iraq. And we're going to talk a little bit about that book that has been the buzz of the Catholic world for the last few weeks. Okay, good. So mm -hmm. that'll be uh, very, very shortly, in about four minutes. And uh, I know, Chris, that you know all about Aid to Women. That's right. You're very familiar with that uh, agency? Yeah, I live not too far away from it. Yeah, mm -hmm. actually, and they do great work. Today we're going to be speaking with Julie Abernethy, who I believe you also know. Oh, yes. Um, she is a street counselor with Aid to Women. And I know also this is like the Krista Matrenko neighbor <laughs> neighborhood show because you've heard about the St. Michael's Choir School. Yeah, well, St. Michael's uh, Cathedral is my parish, actually. Yes, and the school so is... So hear them every week. Yeah, so the school is right across the street, so uh, right <laughs> in your neighborhood. Yeah. So, well, they are our featured group this week. We're going to be... Uh, talking with the new, the, the school has a new director, uh, Mr. Ed McCall, um, and uh, coming up is going to be their 71st annual Christmas concert. They've been doing this concert for 71 years. They really are a Toronto institution. Yeah, th they are, they are. So um, we're going to be learning a little bit more about the school and about this uh, amazing concert that they do every year. That'll be in our second half hour. Um, but we begin, as we always do, with a song. So here is the St. Michael's Choir School with a uh, 
song from their latest Christmas album, because they have a few. The album is called In Midnight's Stillness, and the song is Even So, Lord Jesus, Quickly Come. That was the St. Michael Choir School with Even So, Lord Jesus, Quickly Come. We will be speaking with the school's director, Mr. Edward McCall, in our second half hour. And uh, in a little bit is Lawrence with our Saint of the Week. But before that, Chris is still here with me. Um, so genetic, genetically modified foods, huh? That's right. There was a headline this week that said, GM crops get Vatican blessing. Well... Uh, the church didn't actually come out in favor of genetically modified foods, but this was the headline that uh, that was out there. Uh, the Holy See actually issued a clarification on that question mm -hmm. on Wednesday to, to clear the air. Last year, the Pontifical Academy of Sciences, that's the Vatican's scientific ad advisory board, I guess mm -hmm. you could call them, uh, organized a study week, and their scholars unanimously approved a statement on GM crops. And the news about this statement, uh, it, it made the headlines just this past week. And the statement argued that these foods don't violate natural law, so we're not playing God by, huh. by making these genetically modified crops. The scholars say that this technology can raise living standards and improve health. So depriving uh, poorer nations of these is, is essentially discriminatory. They're mm -hmm. saying you're, we're keeping these countries back. And making them available is a moral imperative. Well, the Holy See said on Wednesday, though, that of the 40 scholars who met at the Vatican, only seven were actually members 
of the church's scientific academy. And they say that the statement on genetically modified foods does not represent an official position of the Pontifical Academy of Sciences, or for that matter, the magisterium of the church. And so the church, uh, as of yet, still has no official position on genetically modified foods. Okay, that's good to know. Now, another uh, another uh, topic that we're, we're going to return to is the subject of that church bombing in Iraq. Yes. And uh, it's good to know that, that people are still paying attention to this issue, both uh, persecution of Christians. Uh, mm. We're still seeing articles in the news about that, which mm. is good that people haven't forgotten. And also the v- these particular victims themselves. After the general audience this week, the general audience is every week the Holy Father has a public audience. Yep. But afterwards, he met privately with victims of the church bombing in Iraq. Um, they were they had actually been airlifted to Rome for treatment at the Vatican's request, at the request of uh, the Secretary of State, Cardinal Tartizio Bertone. And so um, uh, there was about 50 people who met with the Pope. About half of them were family members. Half of them were actually victims who were, were in the church and were injured at the time. Right. And uh, just to take you back to that, in October, militants had attacked a Syriac Catholic cathedral during Sunday Mass, and 68 people were killed. Right. Now, uh, the other thing that people are talking about, Pedro, still is that book, Light of the World, the, the book. interview book with yes. Pope Benedict being interviewed by Peter Seewald. Very rare that the Holy Father gives interviews, and certainly none of the interviews he's given uh, since becoming Pope are as comprehensive as those six one-hour interviews that that uh, became this this book light of the world have you read it yet no i have not because i have i'm still waiting for my copy because when the book came out as you know there it was very hard to get at least in bookstores here in canada or in the toronto area you could get it online so we ordered the copy i think it's arrived we still have to go pick them up but you received yours didn't you um yes i re- i received mine the but you're right peter it was very very difficult for yes. anyone in canada to get the copy because our major Big box bookstores um, haven't carried it for whatever reason. Y- I don't yes. know what the particular issue is um, because I know a lot of people who have gone and who have looked for it. Uh, the bright side of that is that uh, it means that the Catholic bookstores uh, who are who are selling it are getting increased business because yes. of that book, and that's a good thing. Although it does mean that even with this huge amount of publicity surrounding the book, it means that a lot of people who might otherwise have bought it. Uh, might not end up getting mm-hmm. r- getting the book, and because they just don't know where to find it, and not being able to benefit from from what the Holy Father has to say on on many many different yes. issues. Although anyone can download that book from Ignatius Press as an ebook, as an ebook, rest right. And if, you're if you're into that sort of ebook, a, a lot kind of, of people, deal. a lot yeah. of people are. A friend of mine today was was telling me that he had downloaded it he, as an ebook, bonafide, and he's been reading it. Um, but people can also buy it online, so just good old online purchase. Yep, um, you can buy it from the Ignatius from Press Ignatius website, Press. although it's, uh, it takes a few weeks before yes. you're going to get it. That's so okay. still, most people in Canada haven't read the book. Hopefully, uh, our listeners in the States have had a chance. Yes. Well, thank you very much, Krista Matrenko, our Salt and Light Radio news producer. If you'd like to comment on anything that you hear on this program, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email, radio at saltandlighttv.org. In about 10 minutes, an update from Newfoundland, so stay tuned. Yeah, I will. Sorry, I I was catching the thing as it's falling.
Krista Matrenko, our Salt and Light Radio news producer. If you'd like to comment on anything that you hear on this program, we'd love to hear from you. Our email, radio at saltandlighttv.org. In about 10 minutes, an update from Newfoundland, so stay tuned. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel, Sirius 159 and XM 117. I'm Pedro Guevara Man. Our website is saltandlighttv.org slash radio. Coming up is our diocesan update, but before that is our Saint of the Week with Lawrence. Hey, Pedro. All right, Thursday, December 9th. Yep. We don't have a saint, but uh, Archbishop Fulton Sheen is well-known Okay. Um, in the Catholic world. We have a series called um, Life is Worth Living, and he, his cause for canonization was opened a few years ago, so I just wanted to talk about him because today, um, the 9th, Thursday, is his, uh, the anniversary of his death. Okay, so he's not a saint. No. So he hasn't been canonized. No. Has he been beatified? No. And, and so why are we and talking about it? he's not venerable him? either. Okay, so why are we talking about he, him? He, he will be. Okay. All right, so. Okay, so anyways, he, he according to Lawrence, he's already in, in heaven with God. But we just haven't recognized it. Is that that what you're saying? We okay. He was born in nineteen in eighteen ninety five in okay. uh, in El Paso, Illinois. Uh-huh. Uh Born Peter John Sheen, but his mother's maiden name was Fulton. So then they, s- for some reason, started calling him Fulton Sheen. Interesting. Which is interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ordained when he was twenty four in nineteen nineteen. Uh huh. Um, he taught at an American university for twenty four years, and during that time he had a radio show called The Catholic Hour, which yeah. continued for, for 22 years. It had over 4 million listeners. Yeah, it was almost as good as... as yeah, I'm pretty sure you don't have 4 million listeners. Almost as good as Salt and Light Radio. Uh, anyways, uh, 1950, he became the national director of the Society for the Propagation of the Faith. Okay. Then he was ordained bishop uh, one year later at 56. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that same that same year, he started his famous show that I talked about. That yes, I just said, "Life, worth Life is worth living." We have it at yes. Salt and Light. We're airing it, we air it throughout yeah. the week. It's an amazing classic. It is Catholic television it is show. A classic. Thirty million uh, viewers weekly. Nice, which is amazing. Yes, won an Emmy for most outstanding television personality in 1952. Nice, and the series ran for six years. Yes, excellent, excellent. All right, and then in 1969, um, he retired and was named titular Archbishop of Newport, so that's why he is Archbishop. Okay. Archbishop Fulton Sheen. Okay. Okay, and um, in 1979, 10 years after he retired, there was a, there was a celebration in St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York where the, the Holy Father was there, Pope John Paul II, uh-huh. and it was said that he embraced him and he said to him, you have written and spoken well of the Lord Jesus. You are a loyal son of the church. And then two months after that, he died. Wow. December 9th, um, 1979. Nice. So in 2002, fast forward, the Congregation for the Causes of Saints officially opened his cause for canonization. And at that point, they called him Servant of God. So okay. he's so a he's servant of God. He's a servant of God. And then in 2008, after they sent all the documents to Rome, mm-hmm about, you know, miracles and testimonies of okay. of how holy he was. Then they had a special ceremony, and I guess it was officially opened again, but this time in Rome okay, um, so for his cause. So there are miracles, or do you know? There are miracles, but they haven't been confirmed yet. So if one is confirmed, 
then he will be beatified. Yes, and then and he'll be blessed. Yeah, and, and then, then once yeah. he has two, he's canonized. Interesting. And once he's canonized officially, that'll be quite the uh, canonization ceremony because we have all this footage. That's right. That'll be amazing. Exactly. Nice. So that's Archbishop Fulton Sheen, uh, not yet canonized or beatified, uh, or or venerable, but a servant of God. Yeah, that's good enough for me. Thank you, me Lawrence. Too. Lawrence Flacco, our saint expert. He's also our Salt and Light TV programming assistant, so he's going to be back in a little bit with our TV programming highlights for the coming week, so stay tuned. Hi, I'm Janelle, and you're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel on Sirius 159 or XM 117. Salt and Light Radio can also be downloaded as a podcast at saltandlighttv.org radio and on iTunes. In the second half of our program, we'll be speaking with Julie Abernethy, a street counselor for Aid to Women in Toronto. And sadly, Mary Rose Bacani is not with us today. She called in sick today. So I will do the diocesan update by myself. We begin in Edmonton. So if you want to take time out for an evening of beautiful music, prayer, and learning more about the faith, then you should take time out for nothing more beautiful. We've spoken about this before on the program. This is the evangelization series that's put out by the Archdiocese of Edmonton. This second encounter, the second time that it happens this year, um, uh, features a catechesis by Bishop Doug- Douglas Crosby, new Bishop of Hamilton, and a personal witness by Agnes Bedard, who was well known to members of the Catholic Women's League in Alberta. Their presentations focus on the theme of the church we believe in is holy. The church we believe in is holy. So that'll be on Thursday, December 9th at 7 p.m. at St. Joseph's Basilica in Edmonton. And for more information, visit the Archdiocesan website, uh, caedm.ca slash beautiful. So Catholic Archdiocese of Edmonton, caedm.ca slash beautiful. And in Calgary, this is not an event per se, but something we can all look for uh, during Advent, mentoring those in need. So is God calling you to minister to ex-prisoners, maybe? The Diocese of Calgary is offering an opportunity to mentor ex-prisoners in your local area. The program is called LJT, Let's Journey Together, which is an ecumenical aftercare and reintegration program for ex-prisoners. It provides an opportunity for all of us to listen, to show compassion, and to share our knowledge and experience. And for more information, go to the Calgary Diocesan website. In Winnipeg, you can experience some peace and quiet for even just one weekend before diving straight into the Christmas rush. St. Benedict's Retreat and Conference Center is offering a weekend retreat where a spiritual guide will work with you one-on-one. So that's on the weekend beginning Friday, December 10th at 7.30 p.m., and ending on Sunday, December the 12th at 3 p.m. And for more information, you can go to the Winnipeg Archdiocesan website. And in the Archdiocese of Toronto, join Aid to Women for a festive evening of music and support a great pro-life cause at the same time. On Wednesday, December 8th, enjoy the live music fellowship, a silent auction and raffle, and some festive cheer at El Mocambo on Spadina Avenue. Tickets are $10 in advance 
or $15 at the door. All proceeds go to Aid to Women, which is a pro-life crisis pregnancy center in Toronto. And we actually will be speaking with a uh, counselor from Aid to Women, Julie Abernethy, in the second half of the program. And she'll give us uh, some more details about the work that they do and of this wonderful event if you're in the Toronto area on December 8th, Feast of the of the Immaculate Conception. And on Friday, also in Toronto, on Friday, December 10th and December 11th, the St. Michael's Choir School will be holding their 71st annual Christmas concert at Massey Hall. So that's 270 talented, talented, very talented boys singing for you on stage at at 7 p.m. on Friday and 2 p.m. on Saturday. To find out how to purchase tickets, Go to You can go to the Toronto Archdiocesan website, but in fact, we will be also speaking to the director of the Toronto, of the St. Michael's Choir School uh, in the second half of the program, so you can get more information uh, about the school and about this wonderful concert. So that's our uh, diocesan update. Um, hopefully, Mary Rose will be back with us next week. Um, but don't go anywhere, because coming up, we have a little update from Newfoundland. This is Kerry B. Grant, and you're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel, Sirius 159 and XM 117. I'm Pedro Guevara, man. Salt and Light is also on Facebook, so check us out and, and become a fan. Now, in a little bit, Lawrence will be back with our TV programming news. But first, here is an update from Newfoundland. We don't uh, generally hear about our most, our easternmost province, Newfoundland, and right now Newfoundland only has one bishop, the Archbishop of St. John's, who also is the Bishop of Grand Falls, Newfoundland. And Salt and Light producer Jenna Murphy had the chance to speak with Archbishop Curry earlier this week. My name is uh, uh, Martin Curry. I have been Bishop of the Diocese of Grand Falls for 10 years, and I still am. And three years ago, yesterday, I became the Archbishop of St. John's, Newfoundland. The Diocese of Grand Falls is classified as as a missionary diocese. We have been receiving help from Catholic missions in Canada for a number of years. It's a very rural diocese uh, with many outport communities, as they are called, fishing communities, uh, which are in in serious decline because of migration and also the paper mill closed in, in Grand Falls. But uh, but we, we carry on, and one of the problems that we are trying to resolve now in the diocese, in 1997, uh, by referendum, the Catholic school system was discontinued. So one of the big problems here now is evangelization. And we are making efforts now to try to explain to people that something more than sacramental preparation is necessary. Because many times people see sacramental preparation uh, is getting it over with or confirmation becomes graduation. So we're trying to make a shift to try to help people to see that to evangelize we need to bring them to a deep commitment with Jesus Christ. And that's where our energy and effort is going today to try to evangelize them, to bring them to know Jesus in a new way. Wow. What is one way that you see this taking shape? What is one way that that you've committed to ensuring that this is the case, not just sacramental preparation? What we are trying to do, because we feel a part of the problem is the parents. 
the parents do not have the, they're from a generation that do not have that deep faith to hand on to their children. So we are attempting to educate the children, or the parents, at the same time, and then help the parents to be able to hand on the faith to the children. So it's, it's multifaceted. We need to educate the parents at the same time as we're educating the children. And what is one thing that you're looking forward to right now in the diocese? Do you have any upcoming events that uh, you're kind of planning at the moment for December? Well, of course, December I will be out. I'm in Grand St. John's today. I'll be out in Grand Falls because our feast of our cathedral is the Feast of the Immaculate Conception. So I'll go out on the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, and we'll have a special mass at the cathedral, and it will give me an opportunity to uh, have a have a dinner, have a meal with, with all of the priests, and to wish them a Merry Christmas, and you know, and also we give us time to discuss how we're going to. Uh, cover all the bases at Christmas time, how we're going to try to make the Mass in, in most of the chapels, because there's 30 parishes, we run them with 42 missions attached, and we run them like 19 units, so the priests have to work extra hard at the Christmas time trying to, you know, make Mass present, the Christmas Mass, which is dear to the people present. I imagine Christmas is a very busy time for your priests. Yeah, and, and, and a Sunday's the next day this year. That's true, that's a double yeah. whammy. It is. <laughs> Very good, Archbishop. It was a pleasure meeting you, Archbishop. Okay, God bless you. Take care. God bless. Bye-bye. That was Salt and Light producer Jenna Murphy speaking with Archbishop Martin Curry. He's the Archbishop of St. John's, Newfoundland, and the Bishop of Grand Falls, Newfoundland. And remember to let us know, if you want us to let people know about anything that's happening in your diocese, just send us an email, radio at saltandlighttv.org. I am Andy Carey, and you are listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel, Sirius 159 and XM 117. Our blog is saltandlighttv.org. My name is Pedro, and back with me now is Lawrence with our programming update. All right, tomorrow, Pedro, we have Witness. This is Sunday, December 5th, 8 p.m. Eastern, 9 Pacific, and that's with Archbishop Tim- Timothy Dolan, and that's mm. a brand-new Witness episode. Excellent. Uh, he's the Archbishop of New York, mm-hmm. and actually... November 16th, this past, the past month, uh, he was elected president of the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. Yes, absolutely. And as Archbishop of New York, he's in fact the person who's officially in charge of the Catholic Channel, That's airing right. this program. So there we go. There Timothy we go. Dolan. All right. Act of Veneration to Mary. Mm-hmm. This is on the Solemnity of the Immaculate Conception of the Blessed Virgin Mary. It's Wednesday, December 8th, live with the Holy Father in Rome at 8 or at 10 a.m. Eastern. Okay. And then it's repeated at 8 p.m. Eastern, 9 Pacific. Okay, so this is the f- uh, the Feast of the Immaculate Conception on December 8th, live uh, from Rome with the Holy Father. Yeah, Act of Veneration to Mary. Okay, that's great. A, a, a live event from Rome that's not at 3 in the morning. That's right. So 10 in the morning, and then but we're going to repeat it on prime time at 8. P.m. Eastern, 9, 9 Pacific. Pacific. Catholic Focus on Wednesday, new episode, The Word, Still Becoming Flesh, hmm. the title... That's at 7 p.m. Eastern, 8 Pacific. And it's an Advent Focus hosted by Jenna Murphy. Mm-hmm. She visits uh, a restaurant for the poor in downtown Toronto. It's and uh, right. they serve their one millionth meal. Okay. The St. Francis Table, yeah. I think, in Toronto. So Great. Catholic Focus, Wednesday, December 8th, 7 p.m. Eastern, 8 Pacific. Okay. Thursday, December 9th, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 9.30 Pacific. Brand new openings, Amanda Vernon. Absolutely, Amanda Vernon is a 
um, she's not that new anymore in the scene, but uh, two years later when we met her uh, at the Eucharistic Congress in uh, Quebec City, she was quite new in the Catholic music scene. Yeah. She's got a spectacular sound, great music, uh, very popular at women's conferences and, and uh, chastity events. Yeah. Um, a great message, so that's Amanda Vernon. Thursday, December 9th, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 9.30 Pacific. Conversion, now this is a series by Father Robert Barron, which some say is the Archbishop Sheen of the 21st century. It's, uh, yeah, a connection that's there. close, yeah, that's true. And he's been on this show, Robert Barron. Yeah, Robert we have Barron, a witness so of him yes. as well. So yep. that's um, a series of his um, called Conversion. It's a, a six-part series. This is episode four. Mm -hmm. That's Thursday, December 9th at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, 10.30 Pacific, at right after openings. Great. And on Friday, December 10th, 8 p.m. Eastern, 9 Pacific, we have Soul Searching, The Journey of Thomas Merton. Um, it's the anniversary of his death on the 10th, so I thought we would play our our uh, little program on him right he would, have, he would have been a good saint of the week yeah but he's his yeah. cause isn't, <laughs> his cause isn't is open is so it open yet That's i think i'd be yeah. jumping the gun a little yeah, bit yeah okay <laughs> all right well we'll stick with with uh, martin sheen uh, martin <laughs> fulton sheen <laughs> we'll stick with fulton sheen so uh friday december 10th at 8 p.m this film is it a documentary it's a documentary it's it's on thomas merton's life on the life of thomas merton um Great. So if people don't know who he is, he was a, an American Trappist monk, a, a very well-known writer. Uh, excellent books, Heaven Story yeah. Mountain is one of my favorite books. It is an amazing um, book. So uh, on the anniversary of his death, December 10th, tune in to watch uh, The Journey of Thomas Merton. Thank you, Lawrence. Um, a reminder to all our listeners, if you are outside our TV broadcasting area, if you're in the United States or in another country, you can always watch all our programs streaming live at saltandlighttv.org. Um, coming up in the second half of our program is our featured artist of the week, our featured group of the week, actually. It's the St. Michael's Choir School. And we are going to be speaking with pro-life street counselor Julie Abernethy. So don't go anywhere. I remember when my wife was pregnant for the first time, the excitement of this new life growing inside of her. The first time we heard the heartbeat, we, we spoke to the baby, we sang to him, we played music. Unfortunately for many women and men, this is not the case. Some women feel scared to be pregnant. Some feel that they will not be able to care for their baby. And it is these desperate women who seek desperate measures in order to end their pregnancy. Some of them find their way to places like Aid to Women, an organization in Toronto dedicated to helping moms carry their babies to term. And one of the counselors at Aid to Women is Julie Abernethy, who joins us now on the phone. Welcome, Julie. Thank you. So what exactly do you do at Aid to Women? Um, well, what I do, um, I guess every day or every morning that I'm there, is uh, I'm outside in the street from about 7.30 to 11, and uh, we try... Me and the other counselors, we try to um, approach women before they go into the mortuary and uh, try to tell them that there's another option out there. You okay, know, so... Present them with a loving message to choose life. It's kind of the last um, last opportunity for them to hear that message. Okay, you know? let, me, let me back up because maybe sure. some <laughs> people didn't get understand and, and because we didn't say it. So Aid to Women is located directly next door to an abortion facility. That's right, that's right. So that makes us actually very unique in, um, yes. in Canada. I think there's maybe one other um, place like us in Canada. 
but we're certainly very unique. So we do have that opportunity. Um, so people, women who are in that uh, situation you know, where they are feeling pressure, where they are feeling stress, where they are um, you know, going through a lot of emotions, they don't know what to do. Um, they think of uh, the abortion is going to solve my problem, so I'm going to go to what is um, the Cabbage Town Clinic. That's where we're located yes. beside. And, um, you know, they're, they're, going, they're going to this clinic thinking this will, this will solve their problems. So we try to be outside um, to tell them to, to say to them, you know, there is another option out there. Um, this is, won't solve your problem. It may give you some relief temporarily, but there are so many other problems. Right. Um, we've seen women, you know, women who come to us after they've had an abortion, um, and they want to help out and tell a woman, you know, that's not that's not the solution. You know right. how it how it kind of ruined their lives. So we're there for the child, of course. We want that child to be born. It's a beautiful blessing, you know, having a newborn in their arms. It's a beautiful blessing, um, but also for the woman because they suffer after, you know. And right. so we're there for them. Um, when they go in to give them that message of love and life. And then when they come out, um, we're also there to, to provide you know, a little bit of information and some, some healing. They, you know, these are places you can go to find healing, try and bring them back to God, because um, that's the place where they, they, need, you know, they need to come back. They need that spiritual um, healing. Right. Now, in, 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 it's, it's, it's just mind-boggling. I cannot imagine what it would be like to be on the street, kind of actually doing what you do. So what, what would you say is the biggest challenge in the work that you do? biggest challenge um i think it's it's a spiritual spiritual battle and so to always make sure that uh, we we pray a half hour before we come um just stay in 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 the state of grace and just to pray when we're there and to you know there are people who are very happy to see us and thank us and then there are people who you know yell at us and and reject you know the message that we have um from you know they are filled with a little bit of hate and anger and to kind of just let that go and say you know what i give that to god and uh, he's doing whatever he can through me, and I'm just here as his instrument. So to kind of keep that humility um, about us, I think that's that's the biggest challenge for me, anyway. Okay, now just a note for anyone that might be tuning in at this time. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio. I'm your host, Pedro Guevara Man. We're speaking with Julie Abernethy, who's a street counselor at Aid to Women, a crisis pregnancy center, uh, counseling center in Toronto. Now, um, because you're next door to the abortion facility, a lot of women or men even, might go in up to aid to women by mistake? I've heard that that happens. Yes, yeah, that happens. It definitely does. Um, and I don't like to call it a mistake. <laughs> I call course. it a you know, little act of God to, to use, you know, trying to give them that grace um, with one more chance. And, you know, then we do get a chance to speak, sometimes not very, very for very long. Sometimes they're very angry they've come to the wrong place. Right. Um, but then we do sometimes get a chance to speak to them a little bit before they go in. Um, right, which is very important. At least for us, at least they they have the information. They know the help that's out there, um, and some of them won't change their mind. But maybe you know, for the next time, most women who've had an abortion will have another one. Right. So at least then, for the next time, they'll they'll have that. They'll know where they can go to get help. What experiences have you had with with men? Because it's quite often that the women will go in and the or the guys will bring them, drop them off, but they won't go inside and yeah, they'll wait that's, outside. Yeah, that's right. The um. Um, I'll tell you actually two two stories. One is a there was a, a man just uh, about two weeks ago who came. He brought his wife. They're immigrants, and he said, you know, we've spoken to him outside, and he came up to to be with us. And he um, they actually had a, a one year old, one and a half year old. Hmm. No, actually, it was, maybe he was two. And um, and you know, we spoke to him, and we told him all the things about you know the help that's out there, and what an abortion is, what it does to the woman. And he said to us after, he said, wow, I, I wish I'd spoken to you before I'd come, 
and I wish everyone had to do that. Why didn't you know someone tell us that there was a place like you? Why don't people have to come see you before they go to, to have the abortion? You know. Right. So we can speak to these men, and you know later on now he can pass. He said I will pass that message on and tell people about you. Um, you know, and now I know how to do how also to help my wife as she's going through these struggles. You know where she can go. Right. Um, but I'll tell you the status story was uh, you know not to give too much information. We don't like to give a lot of information yes. for specific people, but there was one man you know. Uh, a little while ago, who, who flew all the way from Thunder Bay just to, to stop his, his girlfriend from having an abortion. He didn't even know what clinic she was at wow. or what time her appointment was. He spent all his rent money to um, to fly, and, and so we had a chance to talk to him as well. Right. Now, do you get any financial support from the government? <laughs> you know, people have asked us that, and every time I just kind of laugh, um, only because the um, I mean the government is, is gives you know what is it fifty million dollars or something like that to uh, abortuaries, the abortion industry in Canada. So they don't really like us. I don't think as much <laughs> um, because we are you know taking away from that uh, from from the um, abortions that are happening. So no, we don't get any money from from the government. So, um, so the government. So my tax dollars are funding the abortion facility, but none of that money goes to uh, alternatives to choice. Right. That's to give right. them a choice. So okay. we do we do get a summer intern. We have applied for that, and and I mean that's that's one of the things that, that um, the government has given us. But as far as monetary aid and things like that, no. Interesting. So that's why you're having this fundraiser then. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Did you like my segue? Yeah, that was pretty good. So now, to my knowledge, th- is this the first fundraiser that you that Aid to Women has ever done to l- no. like this one? No. Well, like this one, perhaps. But there was a fundraiser. Uh, Maybe two years ago, not quite two years ago, at the Newman Center. Okay. Um, and I'm not sure about about other times. Um, right. Fundraisers. But certainly, I mean, the, we've been around for 22 years, and not wow. many people know about it. No. So we are trying to get the word out there, and um, that's why we're having the fundraiser. Yeah. No, and it's good, and it's 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 good that it's uh, kind of a little more of a secular event. Can you tell us? We got about 30 seconds. Can you tell us in 30 seconds, kind of the the, the I- capsule of what the event is going to be like? Sure. So, well, it's actually at the Elmo Combo, yep. um, it's a, which is a music venue, so we're focusing kind of on that. We have um, some great musicians, acoustic mus- musicians, um, Joe Zambon, Joe Zambon Plan, yep. and, and uh, Blaise Elaine, and um, they're just going to be playing some, some great other Christian music or just acoustic music, some Christmas things. Yeah. Um, there'll be an auction, raffle, those kinds of things to help us um, out, out, to help these women. Oh. And... Um, yeah, so it's going to be a great event. It starts at 7.30. It's on December 8th, which is, a, we picked that day for the Immaculate Conception. You Absolutely. Know, pr- right before Christmas, you yeah. know, Advent and things like that. So it all ties in with the sanctity okay. of life. Okay, great. So uh, oh. tickets, $10? $10 in advance at Aid to Women. Um, you can get to pick them up at Aid to Women or $15 at the door. Okay, so. excellent. Julie, that's all the time we have. But thank you so much for sharing a little bit about what you do. And you're thank doing you great work, you. and I know it's difficult, but keep at it, okay? Perfect. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Keep us in your prayers. Thank you. We will. Okay. That was Julie Abernethy. She's a counselor at Aid to Women, a crisis pregnancy, pregnancy center in Toronto. You can find out more about them at aidtowomen.ca. We're going to put that link on our website as well. And remember, if you're in Toronto, in the Toronto area, on December 8th, Feast of the Immaculate Conception at 7.30 p.m., go to El Mocambo for a great uh, uh, a, a great cause. Joe Zambone, who many of you know, he's been a Salt and Light radio guest, will be playing, as well as other musicians. Tickets are $10. You can get uh, them in advance at Aid to Women or at the door on the night of the event at fif- for $15. Here now is the St. Michael's Choir School from their album In Midnight Stillness, the song First Gifts.
That was the St. Michael's Choir School with first gifts from their latest Christmas album, In Midnight's Stillness. The St. Michael's Choir School was founded in 1937 and since then has been a springboard for many of Canada's most enduring vocalists and performers, including the Crew Cuts and the Four Lads of the 1950s, as well as Matt Dusk, John McDermott, Kevin Hearn of the Bare Naked Ladies, Claude Morrison of the Nylons, and Michael Burgess, to mention but a few. Now, this coming December 10th and 11th, the choir school will be ushering in the Christmas season with their annual concert. This one is their 71st. And to tell us all about it, we're joined now by the school's new director, Mr. Edward McCall. Welcome to Salt and Light Radio. Hi, good morning. It's great to see you. Great to hear from you. Yes, thank you. So now many people might not know much about the history of the school. I, I think that even people who live in Toronto, they, they maybe know that there's a choir school. But is it true that the, that the school started specifically for the cathedral choir boys? It is. It was started in 1937 by an Irish priest, Monsignor John Edward Ronan from Colgan, Ontario. He was a priest in the Archdiocese, and it was his dream to have a school, Schola Cantorum, uh, associated with the cathedral that would um, be a school for boys and young men that would provide on a regular basis choirs, organists, cantors, music leaders uh, for the for the cathedral, and then by extension it would be a training ground for music leaders to um, to pass on their knowledge to choir directors right. and organists for the archdiocese. So kids would join the choir, and if they were part of the choir, then they could go to the school. That's right. That's right. It was all part and parcel of the same thing. And is that is that how it still works, or has it changed a bit in the last... <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, <laughs> in principle, yes, that's exactly how it works. Um, we take in boys from all across the GTA and beyond uh-huh. uh, in the grade three, grade four level, and we nurture and, and develop their skills, their leadership skills, their musical skills, until they graduate. And many of our graduates go on to parish work, uh, not just in GTA, but across Canada. Right. You mean parish work as in, as in music as directors? In, uh, or choir directors, organists, cantors, uh, youth choir directors, children's choir directors. And some of our graduates have been in the seminary and are working as priests. And, and, right. and that's a wonderful vocation. It's neat that, that you say that because I uh, quite often I, I encounter, because I'm a, a, a liturgical musician as well, and I encounter organists, and I always think, like, who would want to learn organ? <laughs> but But I guess a lot of the organists in the archdiocese have come through the school. That's true. And there's true. quite and a few, and, and they're have, good. We have, a very, we have a thriving organ program. All, of course, all of our boys study piano. That's a requirement. Okay. And so they get their keyboard skills, and that, and that certainly transfers to the organ as well. And when they get to a certain level, grade 7, grade 8, RCM piano, um, many of the boys express interest in, in starting the organ. And we have a thriving organ program here, some wonderful teachers. Uh-huh. I'm a product of that, uh, yes. that system. And, uh it's a wonderful skill, and it's 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 terrific to be able to offer that that knowledge and that skill level to a parish community. Right now, and all the all the children and young men that are in the school are in the choir. Yep, every single one. So there's no <laughs> there's no opting there's out. No, there's no opting out. No, it's St. Michael's Choir School, and every boy that's that's auditioned for our school is placed in one of the choirs. That. The, the young boys in grade three and four are kind of like in our training choir, it's the yeah. elementary choir, and then they, as they grow and develop and, and, and get better with their skills, they move up in, in, the, in, uh, in the various choirs that we have. And this is the choir for the cathedral? Or yeah, is it the well senior we, we choir? we divide them into two or three different choirs, and, and some, 
Some boys will sing at the Saturday 5 o'clock Mass, and other boys at the 10 o'clock and then at the noon Mass. Okay. Uh, from from September to June. And they sing on any other special events, ordinations, Absolutely. and that sort of Absolutely. Anytime the Archbishop uh, asks us to be there, we're there. Now, and w- d- uh, is when the choir is accompanied by an organist, is it o- usually one of the students, or do you have an, uh, an accompanist? No, we have our cathedral organist, uh, William O'Mara, okay. who's going to be accompanying us at Massey Hall. Right. Um, and he's on staff here. We do have some mentorship programs where some, from time to time, uh, organ students will play a prelude or a postlude right. uh, and do some accompanying. Yeah, a couple years ago, we, we recorded one of your uh, uh, a mini Christmas concert, and, and it was uh, students who were accompanying on the piano. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yep. so yeah. Anyway, just a note for anyone joining the program at this time, you're listening to Salt and Light Radio. We're speaking with Mr. Edward McCall. He's the director of the St. Michael's Choir School, a, a very famous uh, choir school in the Toronto area. Now, I- is the school a private school, or is it a public school, or how does that work? Well, the answer to that question <laughs> is yes, yes to both. <laughs> it's, a, it's an interesting collaboration, to be honest with you. Uh, the academic portion of our school is supported and funded through the Toronto Catholic District School Board. Uh, everything else is independent. All, those, all of the music studies, all the choral studies, piano theory, um, instrumental work, all of that is privately funded. Okay. Through tuition and donations and through the success of our Massey Hall concert. I mean, we, we do consider that right. to be a major fundraiser. Right. So, 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 the, so, so the, okay, so that's the confusion. So, so you do rely on donations oh, and absolutely. fundraising to support the... Is it fair to say that it's kind of like a conservatory program within the regular... Yeah, it's, it's sort of... It's, that's a fair comparison. Um, okay. Although, you know, our mission is not to is not to produce concert musicians of any sort. It's really okay, it's so really service to the cathedral is our, our mission. So there is a difference. Now, if, if people are interested in, in uh, joining the choir school, do, they, do you have auditions every year? Or we do. We have a recruitment process that's going to begin in January. We've already had an open house with a number of people from across the, the, the city coming to yeah. see us. But we, we do a voice audition Mm-hmm. Uh, on on a Saturday morning, on several Saturday mornings, mm-hmm. if a young man is deemed to have potential and choral potential and music potential, then we invite him and his family to come back for an academic test and a presentation and interview. Um, our boys need to be academically strong in order to manage the heavy program that we have here. Right. So it's kind of a two-step process. Right, so uh, they so they have to be able to handle the academics as well as absolutely. all the extracurricular. We wouldn't want a student to be uh, floundering. We want all our students of to course. be successful. Of course, and do you, you do you take them at every grade, or do you have do they have to be uh, at a certain? You well, know, that's you that's a good it? question. We do most of our intake is really at the grade three level, so it would be boys who are currently in grade two. We do have right. some openings in grade four, and from time to time we have openings in the other grades. The the downside to those that to those openings is that the requirements are that much stricter because, right. of course, by the time a boy gets into grade six, their skill development has right. has, has gone through the roof. Yeah, exactly. Sight reading and, and their exposure to Gregorian chant and and their musical skills need to be pretty top drawer. Right. Okay. And once if if they're able to if they're accepted in grade three, let's say, and they are they're able to stay in the school, mm-hmm. they can go. Although it's it's a high school as well. We right nurture them 12. right through to we our our expectation is that when a boy comes to us in grade three, um, 
they join our family, and it really is a, is a community. The parents, the teachers, it's a, it's a beautiful community, and we nurture that young man until he's ready to graduate and go on, and to, go university. on to university. Mm -hmm. Great. Now, um, uh, this is going to be the 71st annual Christmas concert. It's the 44th time that it takes place at, at the famous Massey Hall, right. which is awesome. Yeah. Um, so how is this concert going to be different? Uh, we do have uh, one of our alumnus, Giovanni Maria Spanu, who's going to be a guest baritone. He's okay. a, a voice major and a master's candidate, mm -hmm. and it's wonderful to have him come back. We're also having a Scola Cantorum Strings, a string orchestra, to accompany many of the um, okay. many of the pieces that the boys are singing. Okay. And uh, just fresh new pieces and and some traditional carols that people will just love to to sing along with the boys. So some. And I do have to say. Yeah. I don't think there's a place in Canada where you will be able to see and hear 270 boys singing on the same stage at the same time. Very true. Very it's a true. remarkable sight. It is. It is. Um, and and with the guest artists and the or the guest musicians, uh, mm -hmm. it's certainly uh, uh, quite the experience. I, I recommend it for people who are in the Toronto area to uh, bring in their Christmas season um, with this concert. So thank you, Mr. Edward McCall. Um, thank you for joining us today. Oh, this it was my pleasure. Really, it was really my pleasure. I hope to see many people at the uh, at the Massey Hall. It's a it's a wonderful way to usher in the season. Thank you very much. Thanks. That was the director of the St. Michael's Choir School, uh, Mr. Edward McCall. Now the school's Christmas fantasy concert takes place next Friday, December tenth, at seven thirty p.m. and on Saturday, the following day, December eleventh, at two p.m. If you are in the Toronto area and you would like tickets. Um, the easiest thing to do is to go to the choir school's website, SMCS, St. Michael's Choir School, smcs.on.ca. But you can also uh, go to the Roy Thompson Hall box office, or you can phone the box office number, 416-872-4255. We're going to put some of this information on our website. Um, or like I said, go to the school's website, smcs.on.ca. And here now is the St. Michael's Choir School with... O come all ye faithful.
We're listening to O Come All Ye Faithful, performed by the St. Michael's Choir School from their latest Christmas album, In Midnight's Stillness. And that's the end of our program this week. If you missed any part of this broadcast or you want to listen to any Salt and Light radio program or check out the links to our artists or guests, just go to our website, saltandlighttv.org slash radio. And remember... Salt and Light Radio is part of Salt and Light Catholic Media Foundation dedicated to bring light to the world through media. We have a ton of media resources, a great blog at saltandlighttv.org slash blog, and a huge video library. Check it all out at saltandlighttv.org. And don't forget, if you like what you hear on this program or if you have any suggestions for featured interviews or artists, write to us, radio at saltandlighttv.org. Thank you for listening. Continue having a blessed Advent season. I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and this has been Salt and Light Radio.